0: It's time once again for the greatest podcast this side of the Mississippi. Now with Les Salmonella, the, the Shufflebox Shuffle Podcast.
1: Here's Big your hosts, Big Alex Big Dog, Dog Vallejos and Hugh Hefner, Hefner Marcelo Marcello Crow. Crow. What is going on, guys? Marcello here. Welcome to Shufflebox. Uh, as always,
0: I'm here with Alex. Hey, guys. Glad to be back this week.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'm really excited to um, review this movie. Um, so pretty much this whole movie is going to be filled, this whole month is going to be filled with movies that are before 1970. Um with my movies, I decided to choose uh, today's movie, Seven Samurai, as well as um, next week's of or no, not next week's. We have we should, we should have talked about that before. We'll talk about it. No, at the it end. is next week. Yeah, you're doing yours week. We're doing yours next week. Okay, cool. So then next week is going to be The Killing from with uh, Stanley Kubrick. Um, Alex has Two Chosen in Wizard of Oz and Blue Hawaii, and then the last week of March we're going to have uh, like a like a fifth one. That uh, that is yet to be determined. So we'll definitely keep you updated on that. Um, these I I know from my picks I was going more very classic to where they were. Um, I feel like I just barely seen them recently, even though they've been around and have been highly regarded. Um, this first one, Seven Samurai, I I actually saw less than a year ago for the first time. It just blew my mind. Like how good this movie was just because of all the ideas and all the stuff that it talks about and the whole adventure aspect and everything to it um, was just so good. And the fact that this movie came out in 1954 is just so mind boggling to me Um, just because of of that. If you look at other movies that came out in the 50s, like nothing was really like this at that time. Um, I, you know, you mostly you did have like dial in for Murder Rear Window, which are, which are a couple of classics, but then it was shit like White Christmas, uh, A Star Is Born, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. You know, it wasn't like of this sort of caliber to where it withstands quite a test of time. Rear Window actually does; that's still a good movie, but um, but there wasn't like this was just unique in its own sense. Not to mention that um was just doing some looking up but in the pre this is from bbc.com but just part of its popularity um in the west is that in the pre-video era it was one of the first japanese films that many viewers had like ever seen in 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 uh in the west
0: so and i was, mean i think i think i think that's well within reason as well if you look at the the united states specifically and historically oh, yeah. I mean, the Japanese were our enemies less than 10 years uh, before. I mean, World War One or World War, sorry, World War II ended in 1945. Yeah. And uh, this movie came out in 1954. So who knows what the tensions were still like. Obviously, we know how a majority of Americans felt towards, you know, all races, but white, white folks. And, uh, you know, who knows if they're like, well, they can't make a movie as good as us Americans. And you watch this movie and I'm like, this movie sets up so many You can see, like, just watching this movie, my, what I gathered from it, I'm, it being, I don't know if it's one of my favorite movies of all time, but it is one of the best movies I've, I've ever seen. Yeah. I, and I there are so many, there's so many, like, pop culture references in other movies and other medias referring back to this movie. Um, I I I know you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, kind of previewing this movie a little bit, or maybe it was last week's episode. How you were saying the Magnificent Seven came out of this movie, and it was mm-hmm. like America's rendition of Seven Samurai. Yep. In and, response uh, and, to that, but. yeah,
1: and and that's also why I was excited to talk to you about this, just because I had seen your um. On Letterboxd, how you reviewed it five stars, and you rarely do that with like any movies. So when I no. saw that, I was yeah. like, "Holy crap!" I seriously cannot
0: wait to talk about this with him. It was, it is so good. This movie is not a movie you can put down or put on in the background. I, I don't think. I mean, you can, but once, again, unless you're fluent in Japanese, I mean, you want to know what's happening and why people are doing what they're doing. In each, like samurai, for I mean, at least at least a brief instance, kind of give them, you know, they build on their character a little bit, and and then like the the townsfolk and the or the farmers that is, they they have their own stories that are happening at the same time, and society in general in this movie has stories going on at the same time, and it's i i'm it's it's an era of history and a in a in a part of the world i'm not quite familiar with i know i know basic stuff when it comes to shoguns samurais ninjas and uh, all of that and then the power grab in japan but i'm not too familiar with it so i just know the basics so can i tell you this is historically accurate i mean i could tell you that the fantasy is there 100% but i can't tell you what is super accurate and what's not. Yeah, and necessarily.
1: And I wouldn't necessarily believe it to be like historically accurate. And from what I've read, it really isn't. But they obviously read as, because it was the 50s, like they didn't have as much ac- wide access to shit like we do today. Um, and from my understanding, though, they did like really try and get as much of the time frame as they could um, when it comes to that. And you could see that in like certain characters. And how they act and everything, especially with farmer with the farmers. Um, but really quick before we go on with, with talking about the movie, just to tell you like how ma- how many things this has influenced. Um, so obviously Magnificent Seven, which had a remake of its own, um, with Chris Pratt, I think Denzel, um and that was in like twenty fourteen, I think, twenty sixteen. Yep. I, I yeah, honestly I have yet like, to see or Magnificent or Seven. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking right now. Where is it? Uh, 2016. Yeah, Denzel, oh. Chris Pratt, Ethan Hawke, Vincent D'Onofrio. I gotta see that fucking movie. Holy God! That sounds that sounds incredible. Why haven't I seen that? That's a hell of a cast. Um. Anyway, so not only not only that, but um, the it is just like a western movie. I think that's also why the movie is so it's so damn good because it is just like it is just a western. Of just I, these, I was gonna
0: say. I was gonna say. It reminded me a lot of, like a, like a tombstone. Actually, it reminded me it, it, a ton. It reminded me a ton of tombstone. Yeah. Um. That's why. I mean, when I can buy in immediately to that, and it's and it relates to one of my favorite movies. Not. It doesn't relate, but it just has so many similarities to like one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm like, yeah. And then at the <laughs> same time, it, it, it it's funny how. I think once again, I, I I don't know the actual historics behind everything. Why they didn't, and why it didn't cross over sooner to Western audiences, or, or you know, right away? Yeah. Um. Because I don't know how quick it went from Japan over to Europe and America. But at the same time, you're getting, you know, John Wayne is huge in the United States. So you're getting those huge Western films. You're getting Bonanza and Gunsmoke on TV. It's it's crazy like, how, like how similar everything is in different parts of the world that aren't necessarily seeing eye-to-eye, eye, but as humans and as people, we're all kind of having the same ideas. And it doesn't necessarily need to come from a powerhouse. You know, J- and Japan can put out just as good of a movie as America or whoever else. Yeah.
1: No, completely agree, man. And um, I-, I just want to add, too, like, this is how much I really dug the movie so i think i saw it for the first time maybe six months ago or something like that i immediately so i watched it on uh, on canopy um which is through your library if you don't know what canopy is it's it's free just go to your library but um they they you could watch like a ton of art house films on there and they have a ton of foreign movies and a24 shit um but i watched it on there for the first time because i was like this is on my list i've heard so many things about it i want to finally see it so I watched it then it just, I saw it and was like, that was a damn good movie. But for some reason, like over the next few days, it just like got stuck in my head. And then I was kind of like, holy shit, like, God damn, that was a great movie. And then like, I went and rewatched it a few days later and was completely enthralled in it even more than the first time I watched it. And then you had took me to second and Charles to like buy it on Blu-ray. As soon as I bought it, like I watched it that that same night that I bought it. As soon as like you dropped me off, I think I came inside and was like, I gotta fucking watch this movie now. But um, and then we watched it for this time. So I've seen it like three or four times in the past like six or seven months, and this is slowly like really becoming one of my favorite movies of all time, if not maybe top three because. I was telling you before this, I might honestly get the, the flag tattooed um, just because of how much I love it. And um, and t- really quick, just to also go on just what some sort of remakes that have happened with it. But um, there was the Invincible 6, and this is all courtesy of Wikipedia, but the Invincible 6, uh, it's an American action film that was described as a knockoff. And this was in the 70s. It came out. in it 1970. It's been described as a knockoff of the Seven Samurai slash magnificent seven genre set in 1960s iran battle beyond the stars which came out in 1980 it's a sci-fi film um it's intended as a magnificent seven in outer space and is based on the plots of magnificent seven and sam and samurai and and then they it was reworked for the seven magnificent gladiators in 83 which is an italian sword and sandals film uh in 2004 there's a video game that's called Seven Samurai 20XX for PS2 that's a retelling of Seven Samurai in a futuristic setting uh there's a steampunk anime series called Samurai 7 which is based on this people have noted that there's similarities between this and a bug's life how a bug's life is essentially just a remake of a, of Seven Samurai but just oh, that's crazy for kids um that plot that uh Uh, Several elements from Seven Samurai are also argued to have been adapted for Star Wars. Plot elements are also used in Rogue One. Uh, The Clone Wars episode Bounty Hunters uh, pays direct homage by adapting the film's plot, as does the Mandalorian episode Chapter 4, Sanctuary. Uh, Zack Snyder Uh, credited Seven Samurai as being an inspiration for Rebel Moon, which just came out in 2023. I haven't seen it. I heard terrible things. And there's Seven Swords. It's a Hong Kong Kong film. Uh, It has a plot revolving around Seven Warriors helping villagers to defend against mercenaries in homage to the Seven Samurai. I've heard that 13 Assassins, there's a movie that came out, I think like 2012 or so, is a loose remake of Seven Samurai. I think 47 Ronin, which came out in 2018 with Keanu Reeves, is like a loose remake of it as well. There's like so many different things that this film has impacted. And um and yeah, I mean I let's let's just jump into it, really. I, I don't sure. really know how to where we should start besides just that it's these it legit just starts out on a bang of just these bandits or are going. It looks like they're already have like pillaged a, a village and are going to the next one and they see one up in the way and they're just like, "Ah, oh, let's go get it. And then like, no,
0: we'll come back when the barley's ripe. And yeah, go ahead. yeah I was just going to say, um, yeah, it, it, this is a part, this is in the 16th century Japan where uh, like land is up for grabs and these, these bandits are working under like not like a landlord, but like um, someone that wants to take over the land. So they're they're pillaging and looting smaller villages of food, of whatever jewelry. But since these, these villages are so poor, they're just taking food. In in this movie's case, and they want to take over like the land. Essentially, that's kind of the setting you're you're given to start the film out. And yeah. uh, they're smart. They're smart. These aren't just a bunch of knucklehead bandits that are just gonna go we're gonna just destroy this village they're smart they're like there's nothing to raid right now give them a month or two their barley is gonna be ripe and it's gonna be picked we'll take their food from the men yeah. but right now they're more useful alive we need them to come through with this harvest so automatically it's like yeah these bandits aren't idiots they're really doing this really thought out raiding which is, you know, it's it's not like nowadays in like certain superhero movies where they're all a bunch of just brainless henchmen that just do what they're told.
1: Yeah, it's um, I would say too, like stuff like that is w- movies are actually part of movies that I really love to death. Like um, like Man of Steel had had a plot like this, but Man of Steel was different just because it it had that thing of how Zod just wanted one of the soldiers so he could restart krypton he's like we'll just leave peacefully and superman's like yeah krypton had its chance fuck you and in here it is just like we're still a bunch of assholes but we know our power enough i don't know why i brought that up by the way i just wanted to but uh <laughs> but when it comes to this they're just like yeah we know we're a bunch of assholes but we work off our power and we know our strength so we're just gonna go raid villages because they can't do anything about it and uh it, it's it's true like they're the, this group runs about 30 deep, I believe. 30 to 40 deep. They 30. said 40. Yeah, okay, 40. But yeah, they run about 40 deep. So, I mean, they would overnumber, they would outnumber the um, the people in the village. And then not to mention that they've been trained with swords and guns and stuff for years. So they would just, these people are just helpless. Yeah, <laughs> you have that versus a bunch of farmers who really don't know anything about anything. They, um, they don't know anything farming. about
0: yeah, they don't know anything about warfare. It's just farming, exactly. Yep.
1: Which is, um, which you know, that's that's kind of why they're, they're they feel so helpless, is because so then that guy overhears. So they're just like, ah, and they move on. But there's one guy who was hiding and overheard the bandits. He goes and tells his village, and everybody just starts having a breakdown. Like they're just they're gonna
0: die. This is it. Yeah, and, the, they're uh, the squaloring in the dirt. Yeah, they're, yep. they're be- pretty much being a bunch of mopes yeah and they're just like well we might as well just die now and uh then a couple of the men are like we're not going to take the sitting down we'll bring people back here to help the village yeah they're they're kind of well with the blessing of the elder of course
1: well they just they don't know what to do and uh because they don't they're just like maybe we should get samurais they're like we can't pay anything so it's kind of like we're we're screwed. Let's go. Let's go talk with uh yeah. Let's go talk with the village elder, and then the village elder just tells him we sh- you should go look for a samurai in the city. But then that's when a little small group goes in there, but they don't have anything to pay. Like any of these any of these samurais, and anyone that they go up to, the
0: samurais look down on them because they either
1: want coin or they want rank.
0: Yeah, like, because they want they want a jo- yeah they want a job that's gonna. Ma- they're quite selfish. They want a job that's gonna boost their uh yeah like Marsola said their rank or position and eventually maybe they can become one of these warlords that'll take over the land. I mean that's the goal of the folks at that time in feudal Japan. Yeah. Um in this movie I mean this this takes place in mean, this movie like I said is so long so if we're skipping some parts it's just to get to the main points and stuff guys.
1: Yeah for sure. So they, they go so they go and um and then they literally go to one samurai and um and he legit like kicks him to the ground he's like the fuck he's like he's just kind of like get away from me you're you poor you're not gonna do anything and and so he just he, he's like go be poor elsewhere and just yells at him and berates him in front of like a whole city <laughs> everybody's like oh poor fuck it's where i think like even any homeless people in that city were just like oh that's sad
0: well, they were living with they were living with the homeless in the when they were in the city, oh yeah,
1: yeah, no, they were, um, and it was so bad to where they were even berated by the homeless that were there, like it was uh that one guy who i think he was just i think they i don't know if he was called dog face or he just had a dog face, but he was just very he very ugly, he had a terrible beard and stuff, and he was berating, and then it seemed like even in there they had muscle because uh they beat up. One of the guys who so they're staying in kind of like a homeless shelter almost they're staying uh, in a barn, yeah, just like a little barn, and then uh they're trying to figure out like how the hell are we gonna pay this, so they've been they're
0: eating is it is it called millet or millet, yeah, I, like, yeah, I read it as millet, I don't millet. know what it is, yeah. I'll look it up right now, but go ahead, oh yeah, no, but pretty much like they brought rice,
1: and they're they're eating let me uh millet pronunciation
0: it's grain they were just eating grain pretty much my uncooked yeah oh millet it is millet yeah they're just eating uncooked grain
1: yeah pretty much that's the only way that they're surviving and they brought rice so they can essentially just try and use that to pay and maybe like hey we'll give you one meal but in our village we have a little more and you can you can just eat that's about it it's just trying to like do things for the good of your own heart and in the shelter, they're even berated by these two guys. One is a one is someone they call Dogface, and the other one was just like his friend. And they have muscle in this like big baby Huey guy who even beat up like the samurai that was there because he lost all his money. <laughs> and and he's he's just like he's all sleeping, and then uh, yeah, he gets up, and then that's when they're that's when they go and they're just like, hey man, get up. They they tell their muscle to get up, and he like turns the wrong way, and he's like, oh. Uh. And they're just like, ah, it's over here, idiot. And he gets up and goes about to go and kick that fake samurai's ass. And then the fake samurai just goes back to bed. And um, he, uh, But yeah, it is just, they're trying to figure out anything for the good of their own heart. When they realize it's kind of like an empty crapshoot, they go and they, as they're walking, they come along a village to where there's, um, where we meet our first samurai, uh, Kambe, And he essentially is just Uh, he goes near the river and there's like a whole group following him and he's cutting off his ponytail and he's getting a razor and he asks for this monk's robes and they go and they look and they're like, Hey, what the hell's going on? And they said that there's some guy that's in the, um, that's in one of the huts in the village that took a child um, is about to kill him is had him hostage for about 12 hours. And this, this samurai just came along and they're asking for his help and, he just asked for the monk's for a monk's robe in that village as well as two uh rice patties. And so pretty much then he goes to the river, he's cutting off his ponytail, he asks for the guy to give him a shave and cut off the rest of his hair so he could look like a monk. And they give him the rice patties and he goes, it essentially saves the child. Um what happens from there is just that um A, it, it does two things great. Shows how smart this dude is and how he can still um like persevere in a situation to where it is it almost feels like a losing battle um and he can survive. B it shows how badass he is and also C it just introduces him as a character. So then when that happens, um the uh Kanbei just essentially just walks off to another village. Two people that were there that have been following the whole him the whole time, one whose name we don't know yet But we call later, his name is Kikuchio. And then um, the other one, which is Katsushiro, um, was also there. And apparently they've both been following him and just kind of trying to just fit in because they saw how badass he is. And um, Katsushiro just wants a a new master that'll teach him the ways of the samurai. And then Kikuchio is, like, too shy to say anything. But anytime they ask him, like, dude, what do you want? Why the hell are you following me? All he does is laugh and he doesn't say anything, and then they just walk off and uh so anyways, the farmers eventually catch up to him they they tell him their story, he thinks about it, and then he eventually agrees um because he's just uh he eventually does agree, and then pretty much he realizes that he's gonna be the the ringleader of all this and the leader of everything um not to mention that I think he agree if I recall. I'm trying to think, where is it? Where is it? I think the point that he agrees is because those guys that were berating him in the barn tell him, um, like, l- they're laughing at the thing when he turns him down originally, and he says, like, uh, it's, uh, and pretty much they were going to offer him rice, but the rice was stolen. No, 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 I'm sorry, the rice was stolen later. But they were going to, they offer him some food and they said that that's, and the uh, the homeless guys pretty much laugh at him, that that's all they had to offer and they've been eating uh, millet and that's all they've been surviving off of just so they can try and offer that. And then pretty much when Kanbei realizes that, I think that that's when he he's like, okay, he's he realizes that he's doing it for good. And then he comes up with a game plan of, we're go- he's like, we need to co- come up with seven Samurais. Like we should have 10, but we're going to have to do seven on short notice. And slowly, they're trying to bring in other samurais and test their and they test their strength anytime they come. Well, they test their smarts anytime they come in because there's uh, they give somebody a um, a uh, and you know what? I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself too because Katsushudo meets up with Kambei, tells him that he wants a master. Kanbei says that he doesn't, he's not taking anybody, and he just wants to just kind of be left alone. And then that's when Kikuchio also goes up to him and and all he does is smile and laugh and. Kambei just takes Katsushido and essentially just takes him under his wing. And is just like, come on, dude, let's get away from this weird ass. That's when the villagers go up and then everything I just said happened. And then, um, from there, the, the, uh, the guys essentially just one by one, they bring in some samurai to, to try and talk with them about trying to join. And, uh, he gives Katsushido, a uh, uh, like a twig or a, uh, something that where he could try and bonk them on the head as they're walking in. And pretty much it would test their smarts of if they know they're walking into something dangerous or everything's not as it seems on the, on the surface, which is great. Yeah, it was, that's perfect. Yeah. It,
0: yeah. It was a, uh, like a tree branch.
1: Yeah. it's just pretty much like he, they stand right there in the open thing. And they're just like, please, will you come in? Like, and talk to, talk to our master about a possible job. And then some that'll go in there, just looking at it. And it's the ones that do, almost everyone that does except for one um gets hit on the head doesn't get hit on the head and they know that it's a trap and uh and this is why it's so fucking smart but anyways um they they slowly build up um one by one people that come in we get uh we get Gorobei we get one random guy who comes in and he's just kind of like pissed off and he doesn't want it and then they bring they meet up with gorobe who is um, who who realizes that it's a trap and uh, and he just just he tells him he's just like what the hell's going on here and that's when he tells him he's just like please I don't mean to do anything he's just he tells him straight up like listen this is just a job we don't we don't have any money or rank all you're gonna do is just eat your fill that's all you'll have and then slowly gorobe thinks about it and he's just like you know what Okay, and so they kind of devise a plan of what they can, of how they can get more samurai, and then um, as they're trying to get more, so you already have the three. Um, Kikuchio essentially just goes off randomly on the town, but um, as they stay there that night, and then the next day happens, they're still in the town, The um, they start looking like, God, who can we find that's a samurai who's going to be... Like either working for free or something. So they go and kind of scour the town. That's when Gorobei finds Haihachi, who's the guy that's cutting the wood. And pretty much as he's... Uh, well, he hears about it from a guy in the village who's just like, yeah, there's a samurai over uh, like working for me. He just came up and said that he was hungry. And he just he <coughs> couldn't pay me, but he would pay by chopping as much wood as I could do. And, um, and he's like, really? Can I go talk with this guy? And he's like, yeah. He points him in the direction and then Gorobe goes talks to Hayachi and talks to him about all this, and pretty much makes that proposition and of course, Hayachi agrees um on top of that kambei is going to scour the town he essentially uh they go and they see uh Kayuso, who is that older guy who essentially kills that old guy in um who got his ass kicked by the muscle for those homeless guys in the barn and uh, so Cayuzo kills that old guy who lost all his money in coin because that old guy was just too ego driven to where he lost all his money, he didn't want to accept it. He uh Kayuzo and that guy have like a fake duel with just using wood yeah, planks. I
0: was gonna say, didn't they fight with wooden swords at first?
1: They did, yeah. And then he's just like it's like, oh man, if he's like, I won, man. Uh is, and then that's when the guy's like, "Oh, if this were real steel, you, you, he's just like talking shit." he's he's just? Oh yeah, they
0: tied. Yeah, it looked it looked like they tied. Yeah. And, and then this older man said, "Well, you'd be dead," or no, the other guy, the guy that got beat, said, "You'd be dead if that's real steel." He's like, "Okay, let's try it," and it <laughs> proves it proves that you know older is wiser. Yeah. I I was proving that I won. You didn't take my word for it. You're gonna, I'll prove it, but you'll be dead.
1: Yeah. And that's exactly great. what happens. <laughs> Which is great. And so pretty much, uh, you know, Kempe goes to stop him, and then he tries to talk with him about a proposition. And the guy, I think he turns him. He turns away at first, and then what happens is they go back, and they're just kind of like, oh, you know, did you find anybody? And then that's when they say they found Hihachi. And then later on that night, uh, Kyuzo comes, and then a little bit later, um, that's when Kambei meets up with his uh, his old buddy uh, Shichiroji. I hope, I hope I'm saying that right, but he's his old buddy who has fought with him. And pretty much um, they have they admit like that they've they've lost a ton of battles. Like even though that these people are all kind of sucking up to him, so they they admit that they've survived. But overall, the battle that they've always had is just lost. Um, but pretty much while this is happening, they slowly get the group. And then that night when everybody's going to sleep and they're like, oh, we gotta go to the village in the morning, uh, you know, that's when the the homeless guys who were berating them come in they're just like, There's a samurai that was in the bar and he was incredible. Uh like you should have seen him go. He was punching everybody and had so much fight in him and he comes and he's drunk as shit, and then that's when they give <laughs> they give cats a shit of the the uh the wood the wood plank to just kind of Bonk him on the head as he comes in And as he comes in <laughs> he gets hit <laughs> He gets so pissed off Of like yeah, what the hell's going on here And then he realizes that this is the dude That was following him earlier And uh, <laughs> everybody's trying to figure out Like the hell like, You know you've been following us this whole time And not to mention he's drunk as hell But that night they see that he's just He, he gets so pissed off at they took his sword away Because they don't want anything to happen With this drunk guy filled with anger to essentially whip out a sword and try and fight him so they play kind of hide and seek with this sword and he goes until he essentially just passes out um but while this was happening the villagers essentially um are low they the rice gets stolen that they had so they go back to the village and try and get some more once they do they tell the villagers what's going on and then one of the guys from the group um is told i forget what happens about how he's he's under the impression that the samurai are going to come they're going to rape any women that are there and they're going to just essentially take for themselves and pretty much what he's what he's going to do then is he's going to chop his daughter's hair off to make her look like a boy so that way there's not going to be any sort of you know there's not going to be any sort of rape or anything with he's pretty much trying to protect his
0: daughter he feels God, that guy pissed me off so much throughout the movie. Oh yeah. No, that guy's a that guy's a fucking dick. Fucking asshole. And yeah. I'll get to, I'll get to it in a scene later on uh, how I felt on a certain scene, but uh but God, what he- a worry he's more worried about his daughter and that's it, rather than like the uh the oh, yeah. well-being of the whole the, village. The old which man. I, get.
1: I mean, that's that's human, but yeah, the old man puts it well to him because he straight up says, "He says your head's on a chopping block, and you're worried about your whiskers." And he point, and he, you know, pulls on his beard, and uh, you're just like, "Yeah, that's fucking that's true." And it's funny because that even comes into play later in the movie itself, um, which is so great. That's kind of why I love this movie is just that the every bit of dialogue mattered. Sorry, I had a burp. Um, but anyways, then the guys leave for leave for the village that day. As they do, pretty much all six are there. Kikuchio, they try and shoo uh, off Katsushiro, but he doesn't want to go, and he, he eventually gets invited, and they say that they have six samurai, but Kikuchio fo- is just kind of just following them. He still doesn't necessarily say anything to them, and doesn't really know how to socialize or anything, and he just straight up is just following them the whole time to where they're they're even like watching him from a distance and they're they're kind of they're laughing at like how crazy he is because they're eating they stop for a minute in the thing and they're kind of eating lunch and they look down because they're on top of like a river and he just strips down and catches a fish and starts eating it in front of him and then he starts like yelling like he's fucking Tarzan, like ah! and, just, and just fucking and he keeps following them to one point where they lose him and they're just like, Did we lose that guy already? It's like, oh, I guess so. And then somebody's like, oh, man, guess I'm starting to miss him a little bit. Just joking. And then pretty much out of nowhere, he's in front of them. <laughs> Just kind of like, shit, we're stuck with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then then they finally get to the village and nobody comes out because of that fear that that guy had for his daughter and him chopping his hair off spread to everybody else in the village. And they're That's trying oh, to f-
0: God, it pissed me off so much. I'm like, "Yeah, you asshole. Yep. It's just like, dude, these people are here to help. Uh-huh. And uh, and pretty much they're trying to see what's going on, so
1: they go to visit the old man. The old man tells them what's going on, and then what happens is just, like, an alarm goes off. And, like, all the villagers, the samurai, everybody is running out of their house because they think that the bandits are there. and uh, And everybody just starts to fear for their lives, and the guys are ready to fight. And then out of nowhere... You know, it just stops ringing. Everybody's like, "What the hell?" You know, who saw bandits? Who called that alarm? And it's fucking Cuccia <laughs> because he pulls out of nowhere. Was it a cowbell or something? He just starts, and he just like he's pissed off at the farmers. He's just like, "The fuck are you!" It's like, "What the fuck are you do?" Like, we're coming here to help you, and you're getting mad. <laughs> you're not even Dude, coming to the scared. side. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, because he was like, kick, "Yeah, he, he." I thought it was like a drum or something, but yeah, it could have been like a bell. And uh, yeah, he was like. As they're running by him, he's like kicking them in the butt and <laughs> tripping them and stuff. <laughs> so great.
1: There's a reason for this though, and that's what I love, is just later this does come into play. But um but one night so they pretty much are um are gonna be staying. They make their in,
0: introductions, right?
1: Yeah, they make their introductions. Everybody is cool with it. They essentially are staying in one of the guys um one of the guys' houses and he's staying in the barn, uh Rikichi, uh, Rikishi. Rukichi, he uh, they stay in his barn, and uh, he said that he's going to stay in the hut. And Kikuchi is kind of, is kind of like, why the hell are you? You just willingly gave up your barn, you, you know? You just willingly gave up your home. Now you're just going to go sleep in your barn. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? And his whole philosophy is just, he says he hates wimps. He just, he hates people that essentially just bow down. And um, don't, we, don't we all? Yeah, exactly and pretty much from here on out we're just going to go story by story but it is just them essentially getting the village ready slowly piece by piece talking about what they're going to do um to essentially guard the village from the bandits and how and pretty much like battle plans of what they can do and then they're slowly going to train the farmers to fight um so now that that's out the way we'll go to the char- we'll go back to the characters um but pretty much the the um so that one night while everybody's just kind of as they slowly get to know each other and stuff, um, you know, Kikuchio essentially does find the, um, well, before I even get to that one night, they, they, uh, since Kikuchio doesn't have a name to this point, nobody knows his name or anything. They're like, what do, what do we call you? And he just pulls out a family scroll and he's like, right here, right. Here's my name. It's like, so your name is Kikuchio, huh? I forget who says that. And, um, Oh, and I'm sorry. I didn't even bring up earlier that Kyouzo, the guy who killed the old man, that was pure ego. He essentially changed his mind and decided to join in being the, the samurai. So that's my fault. I forgot to mention that. But anyway,
0: like, there's a lot. There's a lot to this movie. There's guys. so much you this movie. Anything? We're sorry.
1: Yeah. But anyways, they're they're in the village, and then as they are, Kakuchio brings out a thing, and he says, like, that's his name is Kakuchio. It's just like, ah, oh, so you? He's like, you that's your name, huh? And he's like, yep. You can see it right there, doesn't it? He's like, it says it right there, isn't it? And then he says, uh, "So you're you're 13 years old." <laughs> this guy's obviously his like, "What would you say, <laughs> 20s, 30s?" <laughs> he has a full beard, full yeah, head of hair. <laughs> I I think he's the tallest out of everyone. Wait, yeah, look, true. This dude, this dude could seriously play on a on a jap on a Japanese uh, <laughs> basketball team. Uh, but anyways, he. So everybody's laughing because they figure that out. And then they're just like, you know what? We're just going to call you that. <laughs> so essentially he just becomes that. And there's a reason for this. And, and you'll understand why in a bit. But pretty much, again, as they're slowly doing it, um, they start to train up everybody. They talk about what they're going to do to each land, where they think the bandits would come. And they slowly build up. A nest. They realize that they can't protect the whole village. So they're gonna they're gonna have to cut off one part, and um and build like a moat for everything. So that way the um the moat will essentially be a surrounding, and they can't save three houses just to essentially risk twenty houses, and they can't do do both with as many people as they have. So there's gonna be three houses that are probably just gonna be burned and and just done. And when they realize when the farmers realize this, they get so pissed. But then. And they're just like, you know what? No, we're gonna go home and we're just gonna protect our shit then. Like, everybody can stay here. And then Kanbei just, he goes insane out of nowhere. He just pulls out his sword when he realizes these 10 to 15 guys, these like 10 guys are just gonna walk off and go home. And he just runs after them, like, ready to kill them. And these guys are just starting to run away from him. <laughs> and he gets them back to the circle. And uh, straight up just tells tells everybody just like, and he's like, this is the nature of war that you have to protect. If you, um, oh God, I forgot how he puts it. But just essentially, if you're fighting for, some, for someone else, that is how you protect yourself. But if you fight for yourself, that is how you get killed. And he's like, this is the nature of war. And um, so they tell this plan to everybody. And everybody, a lot of the people are pissed. Not a lot, but a minority of the people are pissed because they're going to have to essentially just lose their homes, but they can't do anything. And they know that the fields are going to be torched, that their houses are going to be torched. And the old man who is there essentially is also the same way of, he doesn't want to go either, but he I think he does understand. So what happens then is that the... Um, the... Fucking I'm trying I'm trying to remember what happens next. But uh, so they slowly, you slowly get to know more about the characters, what's going on. The uh Katsushiro essentially does find that farmer's daughter and realizes that she that it's a girl and
0: he and her slowly yeah,
1: that, fall in love.
0: Yeah, that was a strange uh a strange scene for me. Um The first time he noticed yeah, the first time I saw it. So when he noticed the daughter, right? Yeah, picking fl- picking flowers, and he just asks straight up, like, are you a like, are you are you a girl or a boy?" And you know, like, are you are you a girl? And he's like, are you, are you, and she shakes her head no because she's scared because she only knows what her father's telling her. And then he then he goes, "Well, are you a boy?" And then she kind of nods. And he's like, boys don't waste their time picking flowers. They pick up a sword and fight with everyone else.
1: And he says so he, this while he's holding flowers. And then he throws it away.
0: Yeah, and then, yeah, so then he chases the daughter, thinking that she's a man. And they roll around in the flowers, and he grabs her chest. And that's where... And then they be, then he becomes, like, shy. And they both become shy. And then that's kind of where they fall in love. Yeah. I guess. And it's to start, I guess. The, their feelings grow more and more as it goes on, but for an introduction scene, I'm like, that's kind of crazy, and I would be like, and it's kind of weird how he couldn't tell. Oh yeah. In my opinion, in my opinion, I had some intrusive thoughts, and I'm like, you can't tell if she's a, a girl or a guy. I mean, I guess if she's dirty and her has her hair cut, I I suppose, but you know, because that's what the the dad's plan was. Yeah. So, uh, but I just thought it was a very like, oh, this this scene's kind of kind of uncomfortable
1: yeah that's kind of like the weakest i think story of out of all this it does lend to what happens later but it does kind of like the weakest story out of everything in this and um it, it's funny how too in like the 50s even like hot women were told they were dogs the movie that i love called marty that came out with ernest borgnine in the 50s which if i didn't go with the killing because the killing so fun i honestly probably would have chosen marty but um in there he's going out with a uh, with the woman who everybody calls her a dog pretty much even to her face and uh and just doesn't nobody wants to be with her but you look at her and you're just like this girl's fine like what, what, I don't get the problem <laughs> like what, what the hell's going on like this is the finest girl <laughs> probably like at least in the top 5 of this whole movie that you've shown so far it's just, it's funny how like in the fifties that that would happen if they weren't like this Lauren Bacall fucking Marilyn man, Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> yeah. It's Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Monroe type. It was just that everybody was ugly because you know, that's just how beauty was so fetishized during that time.
0: Yeah. And, so in this one, in this one, it's like, if you don't have long hair, you can be a boy.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then also too in um in there it's also it's kind of hinted at it 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 isn't for it isn't happen but it's hinted at that one of the villagers Rikichi is gay because he even though he isn't because you do find there's a story that happens later with this but he pulls out the they pull out a robe that they find well Kikuchiro pulls out a robe or Kikuchio pulls out a robe. And he's just like, oh, this is this is a nice robe. Huh? You have a like, yeah, you have a wife. And Rikichi doesn't doesn't say shit. And he just kind of, he gets pissed off a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. It. Exactly. Anytime anything about a wife is, is come up, he just gets pissed off and doesn't want to talk about it at all. I it just it's hinted at very it's it very comes off like he's gay. But again, this plays into the story a little later. So, anyways, as they're building all this and everything happens. um... They um they essentially everything's sort of everything's built um but one day and, and I'm bringing this up for a reason but Katsushiro meets up with with Shino who is that girl um and they meet up in the rain she tells him that there's a uh, that that her grandma or a grandma in the village is is having a hard time with with food and uh, if because he brings Katsushito brings her some rice, and she's like, "I'm gonna give this to that grandma because she's just so hungry, and she can't afford anything. she doesn't even have the strength to essentially do anything, so I'm gonna give this to her and essentially he's like, "You know what he's like i'll I'll try and save up some more food so that way you can give it to her." Kiuzo actually spies on them and sees this, and um and he overhears it, and then that's when they as they're eating, as all the guys are eating one night, cats, just tries to save his food. And he's just like, uh, it's like, no, you go ahead and eat. Kyuzo um, is just kind of like, you can go ahead and eat, man. And he's like, all I'll, I'm, he's like, I'll give you some, or he's like, I'm not going to eat tonight. So you can go ahead. And the guys are kind of like, what's going on here. And then that's when they tell him like, Hey, there's a lady who's just old and can't do anything. And they go there and she tells her story about how everybody she loved was pretty much killed. And, She wants to die, and she's even in worse shape than the old man. Because the old man can like barely open his eyes, but this lady is just like on death's door. She's just like ready to 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 die, and she's even talking about how she just wants to die and nothing else. Just just really has given up anything, and it's just kind of like they were just letting her live there in that village just because she's lived there. It was just it was one of the saddest stories, and and I bring that up because she actually comes into play a little later, but. They, um, once everything's built, there's, they spot a bandit, um, who, um, well, they, they spot a few bandits and, um, and the bandits are essentially just scouts trying to scout out the village because it's starting to happen. And what happens is they go and they essentially, um, they kill, uh, two of the bandits. One comes over. And he actually gives up some information about where the guys, where some of the guys are staying. And then essentially, like, they bring him to the village and everybody wants this guy dead. Like, everybody. And the guys are trying to, like, keep him alive and trying to be civil about this because it's war. But then that old lady comes in and she is just, she wants revenge and she's the one that's going to do the killing blow. And everybody's just kind of. Are you really going to stop this old lady who just wanted to, to to that we met last night that said she wants to die is <laughs> just going to like get her revenge on these guys who came and just killed her entire family. It was that was just like oh yeah, nobody's going to stop that.
0: It's <laughs> so, crazy yeah cuz even even the even the what what's the tenured samurai like the samurai leader, what's his name? Oh, uh Kembe. So Kenbe, he's the one that's saying there are like rules to war. And there's, or not, not rules, but what's another, there's a decorum or something like that to war.
1: Yeah. Like, and that's not
0: like, is, you know, he's not, they have a prisoner. He's not harming anyone. He gave us information. Yep. And then he backs off. He's like, who they're paying me. Who am I to order these people? That's what the kind of mentality I got. He's like, I'm, we're outnumbered regardless of samurai and these people need our help. Let's just let it happen. Yeah. And yeah, so she 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 kills the her and the villagers kill the, the scout. Yeah, and you're just like, damn.
1: And then what happens from here is they they go and they find an opium den with a ton of soldiers there, um, and a bunch of ladies, and they essentially decide to light it on fire. And But there's only only a certain few go. Yeah. Yeah, there's only a few that go. Um, it's Kikuchio because he's the one that, that'll let the bandits know that he was there. Cause he's just like, Hey guys, what are you doing? And, and you're just like, God, shut your mouth, dude. And, uh, but him, um, who, Gorobe, uh, Hayachi, and I th- the farmer think, yeah. And the farmer go, uh, Rikichi who's doing that. But anyways, they come in and they, um, they go and they light the building on fire, they light the den on fire, and they try and slice as many as they can that are coming out, um, pretty much what they're their, doing. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, their, ta- their tactic was to, there was only one way out of the the opium den, yep. so they were going to light it on fire, and then when they're choking and they're coughing up smoke and stuff, as they run out into the open, the samurais were going to slice them down one by one. Yeah eliminating like half of the bandits, you know, in the bandit camp. Yeah. Type of thing. And then I didn't even mention, but before this, um, Hihachi
1: essentially, uh, makes a flag for them. This is where the flag comes into play. And they make like a battle flag where it is just six circles, three, three on one, three on the left side, three on one side, the triangle, um, below them represent, um, and then below that is, uh, Kanji, which is the writing for uh, for farm, I believe, or farmers, but farmers, it was yeah, just, yeah, it was just pretty much like the six circles represent them, the samurai, the triangle represents Kikuchio, who's kind of that middleman because essentially, and we, I didn't even go back to, go back to this. That's how much there is to this fucking movie. But Kikuchio, you realize, was a farmer himself because he knows where they're hiding shit and realizes that they've been hiding um, slain samurais uh gear under their boards,
0: under their floorboards. Yeah, th- doesn't that come out after this though? No,
1: no, it's it's right before this because um Haihachi's still alive. Oh yeah.
0: Which we're, I guess we're about to say what happens.
1: Yeah exactly. So as they're going one one by one in the den, pretty much the um they're all hiding behind a rock as they slowly realize that all the guys are starting to wake up and run out the den. This one woman comes out and then Rikichi is just like that's he's like holy shit and they're just like what's going on, dude? And they're like that's my wife. And he goes into this burning building, and this was the part that I was confused about. I don't know if she was like shamed or if she was stolen or whatnot. But she sees him and then runs back into the fire to essentially die. Haihachi essentially saves Rikichi and pulls him out of the the fire before the whole place burns down. But that guy's wife dies in that opium den, and then he Hayashi essentially gets. Uh, gets a uh, he gets cut somehow, but he gets sliced and he he's eventually just dies. And then Rikichi tells the story about essentially his wife went off and you know was with and that's he never saw her again until this this night when he saw her in the uh,
0: the den and uh, yeah. he tried to so save her have... but couldn't. Yeah, we. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, man. Keep going. No, you're good Go ahead. I was gonna say, you know, because. Uh... Didn't they save Rikichi? That's how he got sliced. He like jumped in front of the bandits.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, um Haihachi's the one that died. Because
0: he he was trying to save Rikichi. And um
1: but yeah, they essentially bring him they bring the dead body home and that's when you find out Haihachi died, and there's only six samurai left and the whole village is crying their ass off and Kikuchio is just pissed off about this, and he essentially just goes, gets the banner. And uh, and puts the flag up and essentially like everybody sort of looks up to it as something to look up to. And they sort of like, they, they're still sad and crying, but they're just like, we got to, we realize like why we're here now. Like, this is what this represents. Like that's, that is us. That is what we're trying to protect.
0: That is the moment where I believe for them in the story that it became real. Yeah. That it's, it's not just. We're having fun in games or trying to train farmers to defend themselves. At that moment, they lost a man that was getting paid nothing, that did it for nothing, and it was a noble cause he died for. Yep. And then, you know, once they raised the flag, it's like this is us. Yeah. We are a unit. People died. Yeah. For like you this, guys. This is fun shit. Just got real.
1: And they, and then, um, I
0: like, think that's the part in the movie where it, the tone definitely switches. Oh yeah, no, it goes from
1: fun and light, and the training montages like the, of all the comedy, and there's still some jokes to be had, but overall, it is just like we've got to fucking get serious now because this everything's about to just go down.
0: And then another thing I wanted to talk to you about, I wanted to see if you kind of got this too. Yeah, because who, who's who's our favorite guy? His name's Cuccio or something, like right? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously he's the audience's comedic relief. Yeah. But uh, the samurai that just died, uh, what's his name? Haihachi. Uh, Haihachi. Haihachi was picked by the samurai, like the guys that were going to recruit the samurais, like the older samurai guys. He was picked because he was good at chopping wood. And then the joke was, oh, he'll, he'll make us laugh in times when we're sad or in times when we're low. And the fact that he's the first one to die. Yeah. That's why I say that's where like the whole tone of the movie shifts. So even the Kikuchio is like I said, the audience's legit comedic relief for the samurai themselves. They're fun-loving, you know, guy who's he he can he said he can he can chop wood <laughs> better than any other samurai or whatever. He would yeah. make them laugh. He's the one. He's the one that ended up dying. So I think with that, it's not a joke anymore. So yeah, it, it kind there's all kinds of themes there where it's like. From this point on in the movie everything is more serious. Yeah. Even though, like I said yeah, there are jokes, Kukuichi still pl- plays with the kids and has a fun time before the final battles, but in reality the fun died with the fun guy. And uh from here on out it's war.
1: Or fungus if you want to be singular. <laughs> Ugh. Dude, no. But no, I no, I completely agree. Uh, when I heard that, um, I was just kind of like, oh, shit, he does die first. <laughs> and because, uh, th- again, there's just so much to where every time I watch it, I forget, like, God, who's the ones that are alive by the end of this? And But anyways, so that, that happens, and then slowly they realize that once they let the opium den on, shit's getting real, and then the next day Um, or no, I think it's that, I forget if it's that day or the next day, but the bandits come and they slowly torch the houses, like they said. And then they, um, as they're trying to like get the wood from this moat, these two people, this couple that are in the village essentially go and they're just like, yo, have you seen the old man? Like he's not here. And they're just like, no, is he, is he still in his house? And he's like, and they say, yeah, we, here he is. He said that he was going to die in there, which again, going back to what he said earlier you're worried your head's on a chopping block and you're worried about your whiskers he doesn't fall. he doesn't uh, essentially heed his own advice and in there they light the place on fire they're trying to get the get the old man out of there but he he just doesn't and then what happens is just that the this woman comes out that had a baby with her and she gives it to Kikuchio and that woman is essentially just dead cuz she's sliced because Kambei went with Kikuchio and she's she's died, and he doesn't know how he did that. And then Kikuchio's having a mental breakdown with this kid crying in his arms because he's like, This is me. This is exactly what happened to me. And he's just kind of reliving everything. And you're like, Holy shit, that's why he doesn't have a name. That's why he's been so wacky. That's why, like, that explains so much about his whole life story as to why he doesn't socialize well, why he doesn't do anything well. He's just a wanderer, pretty much, because he was just. Nobody called him anything, and he had to essentially raise himself. Mm-hmm. And then they save that baby. They take him to there, and then pretty much the battle goes goes on for a couple days, and uh, and slowly one by one you get to see all these battle tactics. I don't know if you, I don't think we should go through all the battle. We don't have to go through all the battle tactics, do we?
0: I mean, no. We can we can do the main, the the two main setups. So yeah. um, I'll go I'll go briefly on. What the bandits bring to the table, what the villagers... We see what the well, yeah, villagers bring to the table. Yeah, so well, essentially... Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, so you you essentially have the three
1: um, places to where um, that they are coming into the main point of the village. One is with Cacuccio, and he has a group of villagers where it's essentially a moat. And um, there's only like wood bridges that they have from the trees. And there's mm-hmm. only one way up there. And if you go up that way, you're screwed. Um. Pretty much, there's like a whole block of like a whole thing of wood for another part. Um, that is uh, with uh, I forget if it's I think it's Bay,
0: but he yeah, is... it's 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 a it's a wooden barricade with like spikes type of stuff. Yep, on one side of the village. Then there's the one side with the moat. Yep. Then I think there's one just like it's it's a physical it's just physically you can't do it like it's a mountainside or something that they're yep. backed up against, and then they have their one main path to the village. Which is like a, a like a, it's a bottleneck choke point, yeah. Where they can bring out uh, eventually because they uh, the main samurai he knows they're gonna attack from these other sides from the moat side from the wooden barricade side. Those are the sides that are the weakest, so they barricaded those up. So the only way they want the the bandits to attack is through the main entrance of the village. So, after those brief skirmishes, knowing that the Samurais and the farmers can hold them off on those sides, they'll be forced to come with full force straight through the village, where there'll be an ambush waiting, or their tactic would be let like two two riders on horses and at a time block the road with whatever another like barricade or wood, and then try to fight off the bandits, fight them back into the forest. And the two bandits that get into the middle of the village, there's a group of them, group of people, like samurais and their, not legion, but like their, uh, their platoon or whatever, in there. And they, you know, stabbing the horses and then the bandits, kind of killing them one by one on the inside. That's kind of their main battle tactic. Um, the only thing they did not account for, and they only found out after the initial first attack, was that there are three riflemen that can take out anybody like pretty much sharpshooters yeah. and that is historically accurate there was you know in in asia specifically china but also in japan gunpowder's been around since about 1000 AD and it's been used as weapons and stuff so that's accurate where you know these bandits you know especially if they work for like a person that's you know grabbing land or a you know whatever it may be, they could loot gunpowder and stuff from other villages, but the amount of guns they have, they only have three guns. I think is pretty cool too, because it's like, that's also kind of accurate because gunpowder and stuff is expensive to make. It takes a lot of time to make. So it only, it would only make sense that they have minimal amount of those type of weapons when everyone else has swords, bows and arrows, um, Whatever the case like like uh, clubs, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So I thought that that was pretty cool. And then the samurais being thrown off by that fact, like they they had their plan down pat, and then the firearms, you know, played a, a key role in. All right, well, we got a plan for this on the fly too. Yeah. So I thought I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. And how, um,
1: how they get the firearms are great too. Um I forget with one of them how they get it, but um the the one of them is Cayuzo who essentially just Oh no, I'm sorry, Kikucho, I believe, gets one from one of the guys.
0: Um yes. he, he, hits,
1: I forget if he does it when he's in the river.
0: No, he camouflages himself as a uh as a bandit. He puts on a dead bandit's clothes, <laughs> he walks goes and in talks. The for- Yeah, walks in the forest, kills bandits that aren't nearby and then he goes and sits down by one he's like yeah they sent me down here it looks like you're on break kind of that kind of talk <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of like what's going it's on funny, it's, it's funny because it it, it it could be a cultural thing i don't know the jet the significance of this in the japanese culture but when you when you want to try to prove that you're more bravado you speak in like a deeper deeper voice yeah so there's this normal silly voice there's a the normal voice he talks to with the samurais and the farmers and stuff too but then when he goes up there, he walks like he's a macho man, like swinging his arm, Vince McMahon style. And then he goes and sits down next to him. Like, oh, It looks like you're on break. These farmers are a disgrace, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And they then he like casually. And like the, ask guy, for... and the guy looks at him like, who in the hell are you? Yeah. And, and he casually
1: he even casually asks for the gun. And he's just like looking at the gun, acting like he's like going to shoot down it and hands it back to the guy. <laughs> you're like, well, like, Dude, what
0: the fuck are you doing? And then the guy and then the guy looks at him like, wait a minute. You're not one of us, and then he he kills him and he takes the gun and he comes back, throws the gun on the ground in the village and he's like, "Here you go." Yeah, but he only did that but, to copy and that, little was, little that, little was, little. that was that was the second rifle. The old the old man, uh, the sneaky the sneaky old man. He goes off at night and just the next morning he comes back just holding a <laughs> rifle like that <"This laughs> was is nothing great. for me. Take it. it was an off scene kill, and he's just like, "Yeah, I killed three of them." And they have a whole checklist or the whole number of uh bandits on a list in the middle of the village they keep crossing off the whole battle because there's 40 of them so like the first day they kill like 13 and then overnight the old man kills three which are off screen but that's how badass it is you can just picture in your mind he's sneaking up killing one of the riflemen and then probably two of the riflemen's like bodyguards then coming back And he's like yep that was just like take three off of that and i'm like damn
1: yeah, he what just a he, they're just like, God, we got to do something about these guns. We didn't account for that. And he's like, I'll go get one. Don't worry. He just walks off in the night and then comes back the next morning at dawn, just has one in his hand. He just throws it. And he's like, here you go. And he just goes and lays down. And then that's when uh, this was like the saddest part was just Katsushiro essentially goes to Kayuzo and he's just he's like, dude, you don't know how great of a man you are. I, I just wanted you to tell you that. 'cause he's he's respectful enough to where he didn't let on he didn't tell anything about the um about him and the girl having a thing together. he just is his own
0: guy and is just like a noble fucking dude just an all around good guy well he wants he wants to say something the whole movie from the very beginning, yep where he's, he's following the samurai around he's like, what do you just speak of I keep asking you what you want speak to us, speak to me, and then um but then when he finally does, and that's when he becomes part of the samurai, he's like, all right, he's doing every, he's doing so much to be the perfect samurai. And they ask him, have you ever killed anyone before? And he says, no. And I think the whole movie, they're trying for him not to like kill anyone. Yeah. Like kind of like that innocence that, ad- because you, you would assume he's like a teenager. So even though every one of this movie looks like they're in their early thirties or like, you know, to like early sixties. But like, I think he's supposed to be a teenager, so yeah. they're trying to like. And he's also trying
1: to... comes from a family of samurais. Like he, he's almost like a young prince that essentially just went off to try and find his way and didn't like himself at home. Just because when he's talking with Shino, that girl, he says that he, um, you know, he wishes he uh, feels not pity for for them, but just how like a farmer's life is so hard and how he comes from a family of samurais.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think these, these is where this is where I start to see themes from a bunch of other movies that were made after this one. Um, I want to, I kind of like at the end of like the movie plot, I kind of want to get to some of those things I described, but we can try to power through this. Yeah, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm about to get to the end here in a bit. Yeah, so right now, um, it actually ended up. The old man got the first rifle. Cacuccio pretending to be one of the bandits, he got the second rifle then there's a whole second day of them uh doing the same tactics they did the day before for the battle but i i don't know is this the day it ra- was because there's three days of battle three was days the of third battle, yeah. was the third day was the third day the rainy day or was it the yep. second day
1: no it's the third okay. day
0: okay okay yeah, so i mean yeah, we can good. we can we we can go to the third day cuz that's when it's going to be i think the most that's when the next plot heavy stuff happens
1: yeah, that's essentially what happens, is just um I forget if Goru I think Gorube was killed on the second day. Um, but pretty much he so they get killed and then there's only down to essentially just the four. So there's Kayuzo, Kikuchio, uh Kambe, um Katsushiro and, and Shichi, Shichiroji. And pretty much they're they're all just there. Um yeah, they, they realize there's, the five, there's, five sam- when-
0: there's five samurai left on the yeah and third day yeah
1: and then pretty much Cambe just says you know what if tomorrow's going to be our final day um it came it comes at a cost just because essentially some of the guys got in and it um it was just even though they killed a lot of people on the second day it came at a cost for that second day just because when kikuchio went off to get the gun he essentially abandoned his post and had the farmers take care of it and they essentially That's right. killed a group That's of farmers right. and shit and then on that. Oh third no,
0: and they, they killed the the girl's dad on that day, right?
1: No, that girl's dad is still alive. Oh.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, it's his his end's coming. Sorry guys.
1: He, no, th- yeah, that was the um <laughs> that was the really old man that um Cicuccio was just kind of like kind of like uh, Will Farrell in old school. He's like, Blue, you're my boy, Blue. I forget <laughs> that I forget the old guy's name um in this movie, but he was just kind it's of like the right, old right. farmer that was there.
0: Yeah wasn't, yeah, wasn't he, like, he was, like, uh, uh, Rikichi's, like, hype man the whole time, in the, in, like, everywhere he went? I think so, but he was just, he was that guy who was guarding the rice, and just always had that, like, sad clown face of, oh. and That's what I'm saying, yeah, but, like, every yeah. time Rikichi did something, he was always happy for him. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. that's the guy that died. That's okay. the guy that died. And yeah. Uh, okay. yeah,
1: I know it took me a few a few months to like realize how some of those, I'm just like, oh, there's so much in this fucking movie that like, oh yeah, this guy was that guy. But, yeah, um, but yeah, so okay. that that second night, second night comes. Pretty much, they realize that the guy that everybody should get together with their families just because they don't know what's going to happen on that third day. They're the guys are just going to come in, and it's just going to be an all out fight. And oh yeah, um, the
0: the farmers bring out their secret stash of food that they say they they're poor, they don't have enough food, but they actually have. A lot of surplus. They have sake, yeah. So everyone's getting fucked up. Everyone's drinking and having not a good time, I guess. But like one last, like, uh, yeah, what one is final, it? Um, one final, like, meal, yeah. like a good meal. Yeah. And every there's plenty for everybody.
1: Yeah, and then pretty much what happens is that night everybody just kind of gets blasted, and uh and then Katsushito essentially goes out with Chino, and they they screw, they they have sex. And then that's when the dad catches her and starts hitting her in front of everybody. And Katsushita doesn't know really how to feel about it. And he's the, the dad's beating on her in front of everybody. And everybody's just kind of watching this happen, but Kambei's trying to stop it. And, uh, and, uh, and then what happens is just that the farmers, the farmers pissed off. The The daughter is just sad and crying. And essentially the whole village is watching the samurai then, boy,
0: he's a, he's he's ashamed because yeah, uh, he he's just he's cause young. he didn't tell he, he never told the same, he never told his mentors that he liked this girl yeah, so he also he also betrayed their trust yep,
1: and then um and then pretty much what happens is just
0: that they uh, and the dad was really mean he threw out some very not so nice words at his daughter he said well, every bad w- woman word you could say yeah. And then <laughs> It was just like, oh, my God.
1: And then Kanbei Kanbe and Rikichi essentially calm that guy down because they tell him, like, dude, they're young. It's just kind of what happens. They're, almost everybody feels like they're going to die tomorrow. And then and he's like, "She's not my
0: daughter or whatever. I'm like, yeah.
1: fuck. And then Rikichi just kind of, like, tells him, like, dude, I don't have any fucking family, but I'm still here. You know? And uh, he essentially kind of calms him down. And then it's kind of... Uh, you could tell their relationships just strained so much at that point, it's over, yeah, and that whole night is just now like an uneasy feeling to where even in the morning, everybody's so tightened up not only of all these relationships in fighting but essentially death about to come their way, and they're just like uh the the guys even say like ah, oh, these you know everybody's real uh, real tightened up, we gotta loosen them up somehow, and then that's when Camba gives a little speech and tells it yep. to." Yeah, he tells Katsushiro, was just, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, we got to get ready for the final battle. You know, today's the today's the day, and uh, last night was your first night as a man." <laughs> Pretty much everybody's <laughs> just cracking up.
0: Everyone starts laughing and yeah. like, yeah, like we wish, like hopefully, we're lucky enough to get all, like get us back to all of our plain-looking wives. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn, they're they're roasting them, but everyone, every, I mean, I it's didn't just even something to lighten the mood, I but I think even, it was. About, I don't know if it means something different. Like in J- the translation was like, "Holy shit!" He just roasted everyone's wives. Yeah. But maybe it's so- maybe it's something different in Japanese. I don't yeah. know. Freaking- I just I, I remember reading like uh, getting back to your plain wives. I was like, "Holy shit! What the fuck is that all about?" And the fucking
1: Kikuchio, I didn't even mention the night before. He's he's just like, guys, you're gonna see your uh, wives again. He's like, don't forgive. Them. he's like if you're gonna be with them, don't forget to give them lots of loving. What oh that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. It was something like that. <laughs> when he's like making that speech at everybody and then he like drinks a ton of fucking sake that night and then uh so they get essentially ready for that last battle, but then the rain starts coming oh,
0: in. And Kikuchio's a a fucking because he led to a samurai dying. So he's drinking sake yep. on on the graves of both yep. of the fallen samurai.
1: Oh yeah, I didn't even catch that. But yeah, it was Gorobe that he that he got killed. Um yeah. He watched both die, pretty much. Yes, he he essentially was he was there for the both of their deaths in a way. And well, he was responsible. He, yeah. yeah, he's responsible for sure. And then, uh, and then, yeah, what happens is just that the the rest of the people come, the rest of the little bandits come in. They all are just fighting. Kyuzo um, Kuzo they- gets uh, shot, and. Uh, and i forget I, if he goes ham but he i think he gets one or two before he dies right
0: for which for who the old man Kyuzo. Uh, i i think he oh yeah he like slice no yeah he gets uh shot but then he like takes two off the horse and yep. spears them and stuff yeah Or... Slice him with the sword. Then I think he gets shot a second time. Yeah. and He dies,
1: and he dies. And fucking Katsushito is just kind of—he's a, a mess because essentially his father figure just died. And then what happens is just that now they've killed pretty much almost everyone, but the head, but the leader is still alive. And he goes into where like all the families are, where all the women and children are, and and he's just like he tells them to fucking be quiet, otherwise he's gonna kill them all. And then Kikuchio sees him. And he, he goes in and sees this guy, and he, he gets stabbed, and then he just goes hard as well and just essentially kills this guy with, like, all of his fucking might that he can. Well, he's and,
0: stabbed, and then he's shot yep. twice. Yep. And then, yeah, Cuccio, oh my god, what a boss, dude.
1: Yeah, no, he goes out like a fucking G and just just goes out on his cross.
0: It goes out on his mur- shield. Just, mur- just. Mur- murders him
1: and uh and then yeah the next day is just clean up and everybody kind of licking their wounds and the the farmers are all happy because they survived their village was saved even though there were losses um pretty much you get to see some of the how some of the relationships pan out of uh Rikichi even though he lost his wife a few days ago he's like singing the loudest and somehow just like is just, like, the, one of the happiest there. Like, he's... Oh he's yeah, the re,
0: the re, the, yeah this, At the end, they're replanting barley or wheat. Yep, They're replanting their crops because they're able to. And there's a whole... I think you're supposed to stay on rhythm with the song because they were planting and, like, reaping at the... Or, not reaping, because reaping's taking the plants. But they're reaping and, like... Or, not reaping. They're planting and sowing the seeds into the ground, into the marsh as they're singing. And, yeah, Rikichi's, like, super loud yeah just that, lo- oh, man, that, end, oh, that end scene is it's it's happy but it's so sad
1: yeah and pretty much the only three left alive are Katsushiro Shichiroji and kambei, who were just all talking about what happened Katsushiro sees Shimo there and they have have a look and then she goes off and starts planting again and he wants to they want to he wants to say something to her but he doesn't really know what and Essentially their cambe and Shichiroji are just talking about how they survived again, but
0: and the, the movie ends.
1: Yeah. It uh no, he says that they uh it's like the farmers won he's like, This is their victory, it's not ours. We lost. And then they look up and there's those four graves, and then it just ends on those four graves and you're like, Holy shit, what a movie.
0: And it was a movie. Uh it was it was such a good movie. Uh, and there, like I said, there are some things, things I saw in this movie that are similar to things like you see in movies that are similar to Shakespeare. Like if you, if you know, like the four Shakespearean, what are they? Uh, tragedies like those movies are like, or those, those stories are the base of a lot of dramas we see today. Yeah. Uh, like big, the big ones are like, you know, Macbeth, you know, Romeo and Juliet, You know, some of those, you see those themes in a lot of dramas in, in these movies. I saw a lot of themes that we see in like war movies in, you know, not the 1950s, 60s Westerns, even though obviously it's clear comparison there. Uh, but like more modern Westerns too, uh, even, uh, like my favorite movie of all time, the warriors, you see themes that are carried from Seven Samurai into these movies. Yep. So Saving Private Ryan was another one I thought of. It's a group of men that are doing this mission, not for glory, not for anything, but to tell someone that you know his brothers died. You know, and uh, for you know, like that's the Saving Private Ryan. And then in The Warriors, it's you're against these these gangs in a city you know like were there a small town there's a small town gang they went to a gang meeting someone died they got blamed for the death and now every gang wants to kill them and they have to go home and there are losses along the way and uh it's not like the numbers thing to me like oh there were there were 3 out of 7 that were left alive in 7 samurai but there weren't like numbers like that i was seeing in other movies but it's that that theme of small group of like misfits, small group of people that are doing something for nothing. Um, You know, small group of people doing something that they all have a moral obligation to do, even though at any point in time, they could walk away and they could have a normal life. Those themes, I think, I mean, this, this is an early representation of it in film. Unless there's something earlier that inspired Seven Samurai, this movie, I think, inspired all of those... Movies that we like, wow, these movies, like the underdogs win, you know, yeah. or like we root for the underdog. If this is one of the earliest examples, I mean, I I don't know, you know, early film, maybe as much as you do, man. But I think a lot of it has to have come from this movie and, of course, uh, The Magnificent Seven, but this being the originator.
1: Oh yeah, no, for sure. It's it was one of the first again. It came out in 54, which is just man. It's just such a good movie. Like legitimately I this is probably going to be a yearly watch for me along with like The Dark Knight and probably Godfather 2, but this is this is up there. Legitimately with one of it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um if not this, top 3.
0: Yeah, this movie's definitely It's not my top five favorite, but it's it's up there. It's a very very good movie. One of the one of the rarities. Given it a five star on Letterbox, but it's it's worth it. It doesn't matter that it's black. It's in black and white. Doesn't matter that it's a foreign film. It speaks to humanity. It speaks. It just speaks to everything. It has everything. It has action. Has drama. Has love. Mm -hmm. uh, It has comedy. It's it's truly what it is to be a person. You're fighting for something. You know the farmers are fighting for what they know. The samurais are fighting for their their own individual, you know, ideals. But as a group, they're also fighting for you know the innocent. And they don't need money. They don't need prestige. They don't need uh, the rank within their samurai brotherhood they're doing it because it's like the right thing to do in their mind. And like I said, along with their own, maybe their own selfish ideas or whatever, like a uh, Cacuccio, who I think is the best samurai. He's my favorite samurai in the whole movie, but he's doing it. because like, Oh, how many hot women are in the village? Like you guys are holding out on us. Where are all the babes at. And then, uh, the young, the younger one is doing it for the honor of his mentors. And, uh, the other guys are doing it uh like the the woodchopper he's doing it because he wants to be taken seriously and then the older men are doing it because they don't have anything else left to lose so why not help like everyone has their own ideas and uh, but once again when they become a collective group the seven samurai become a collective group with each other it's like yeah we're doing this for the betterment of just society and of people
1: yep and uh on that note, man, I I've got nothing more to add. Like I there's so much stuff we, we've missed, but it was just kind of we were trying to go as bare bones as we can and we're almost an hour and a half in. <laughs> like I, I don't I don't have much more to add. Like I feel like we could go on forever, but I I I feel like I'm good with getting out what I wanted to say my piece on this just because I love this movie
0: to death. I, I definitely do too. And if you folks need to I mean if I we highly recommend you watch this. Um, I watched it on Amazon Prime. Marcelo owns like 18 copies of the movie, and uh, like how he said on Canopy, you can go get it from like your local library. You can stream it, right? Isn't that what it is?
1: Yeah, it's also on HBO Max. Canopy is like a free thing from your library. Um, there's there's tons of things you could find. I just wanted to add too that the main guy who played Cambe, the leader, the old the older leader, he's. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a movie by Kurosawa who Kurosawa who did who directed and co-wrote Seven Samurai. Um he did a movie called um Ikiru and pretty much like uh the the guy who played him his name is Takashi Shimura. That guy is an amazing actor because he plays the complete opposite of of what he was in this movie in in uh, Ikiru just because in that movie he plays a bureaucrat who has stomach cancer and is it's just like such a pussy that he acts like how one of the farmers do in this movie to where when he has cancer, he's so ashamed and doesn't know how to communicate it that he can't even talk with his son about it. And that's another terrific fucking movie that I have to recommend. I was
0: going to say, I was actually going to talk to you about that. Cause I remember we talked about that off camera last week sometime. Um, but as soon as I was done watching seven samurai, that was actually the next recommended film. It yeah. Was Ikaru. yeah. It's, it's a
1: hell of a movie. That's, that's all I'll say. And, um, it's uh the the first third and the second third are incredible, and the last third I think is what really sets it apart from other movies just because I think it's kind of like looking at the audience and I think like that's that's also kind of like what this movie what Seven Samurai does in its own different way of just it asks it kind of asks you like will you take what you've learned from this movie and actually apply it to your life and actually think about things or is it just kind of kind of Go on with your day like you did before you started everything on this.
0: Exactly. But,
1: yeah, and like I said,
0: like I said, this this is definitely a movie you don't put on the background, and this might be a multiple a multiple day or multiple night watch because it's three and a half hours, folks. I did it in one sitting. I started like at ten thirty at night on like my Tuesday night. I got home a little bit early from work, so I started at ten thirty. I didn't finish watching until two a.m. It's a long movie. Yeah. So. I mean, there is an intermission halfway through. So, it, I mean, that's a perfect point to, like, stop for one night and maybe pick up another night or another day um, and then continue watching it um, unless you have the time for it. But it's something you want to pay attention to. This is not like, oh, I'll just do some cleaning in the background. No. No, no, no. This movie you want to watch. Yeah, agree. But uh, that's it for me, guys.
1: I, uh... You can find me. You can find us at Letterbox. Uh, at Letterbox, you can find us on uh, on Instagram. We are at Shufflebox Podcast. I am at Crow
0: three uh, hundred three, and I'm on Instagram at AlexVelas92, and on Letterbox at AlexV1021. Yeah. And just rem- uh, remind us once again, what is the movie for next week?
1: Next week is The Killing. Uh, it's a Stanley Kubrick movie. And it is Kubrick. from nineteen. Where is it? Oh come on! Is it
0: 1970? Because that won't count. No,
1: no, it's not 1970.
0: Uh oh. 1956. He's... I was like, he's fumbling at the goal line. Folks. <laughs>
1: 1956. <laughs> right now, if you're if you keep up with us weekly, uh, it's on Amazon. It's also on Pluto TV and Tubi for free. But uh, yeah, no, uh, Killing is also a terrific movie in its own right. It's a fun movie, and it's literally under 90 minutes. So. I'm excited to talk about that one as well. Um, we got a bunch of good movies coming up this this uh this year. On top of that, like we're we've been discussing other ideas. Um it's just gonna be an overall fun time.
0: All right, guys. Well until uh until next time, have a fun week. Have a safe week, and we will uh talk to you next time. We will see you guys later.
1: So long and good night, folks. That's what's happening with the Big Dog and Shufflebox. And as the Rogue man says, now here's
0: what's happening in your neck of the woods.